of value, but not with an interest-bearing checking account from Streeter Home Building and Loan Association. This is Ed Molo, and all of our checking accounts will earn you more money through interest. But that's not all, because Streeter Home also has account options available to eliminate service fees. So start getting the most value from your checking account. See us today at Streeter Home Building and Loan Association on South Monroe Street in Streeter, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Covering Streeter for you. They give me news that I like, WSPL. The number one health program for over 30 years. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of healthiness with Dr. Dina Dow. everybody, Dr. Unadel here. Welcome to the program once again. Do you remember uh, when we reported that uh, the first time that scientists had taken a picture with an MRI machine of uh, people making love? You might think it was silly, but they learned all kinds of things. And uh, the story, that couple who did that, it's actually, you know, you got to really hold still for an MRI. You can't be wiggling around. And it's actually a fun story. I saw a documentary on it, how this couple and how they had to hold still and how he had to keep his arousal and hold still. But the pictures of that were really astounding. And doctors learned all kinds of things about angles and rubbing. and I mean, things many of you might know intuitively, but you know how science is. Well, now uh, doctors in Germany have for the first time captured a live birth with an MRI machine. A lot of you are saying, wait a second, how'd they get a woman in that little slot? Well, this is one of those open ones. Uh, you know, you have a little more room. It's not as claustrophobic. And uh, they're all of a sudden learning all kinds of new things. We thought we knew it all about pregnancy. And, of course, learning about why a birth may stall and to visually capture it and its complications. And um, it's a big, you know, big-time goals here, of course. And they looked at the first stage of labor in three dimensions. They're showing detailed visuals where the previous scans, you know, lousy in quality or too dangerous for the mom. Spectacular images. I have not seen them on a similar subject. Are you a neurotic couple? And if you are a neurotic couple, you are headed for more divorce. You are headed for problems. Now, I'll give you a choice. You can go into therapy get yourself some help, or do what these researchers found. Neurotic newlyweds can cure the problem between the sheets. Neurotic newlyweds who have frequent sexual relations are just as satisfied with the marriages as less neurotic counterparts. Because in general, again, neurotic couples are usually less satisfied with their marriages. This is important. Because, as I said, neurotic people struggle with relationships, have higher rates of divorce in people who aren't neurotic. Quote, high levels of neuroticism are more strongly associated with bad marital outcomes than any other personality factor. Neuroticism, in case you don't know, is a tendency to experience negative emotion. People high in neuroticism traits get upset easily, change their moods often, and worry frequently. Um, but sex works. They followed a bunch of newlyweds in the first four years of the marriage. Every six months, both spouses separately and privately reported their marital satisfaction and <clears throat> activity. 
On average, couples reported having sex once a week for the first six months of marriage. I don't know. That seems a little light to me. Is my generation different? Anyway, and about three times a month by the fourth year. The amount of sex a couple had was not tied to marital satisfaction, by the way. Sometimes happy couples had a lot of sex, and sometimes they had very little. But neurotic couples were an exception. Spouses with high levels of neuroticism were happier in their marriages if they had more sex. In fact, frequent sex was enough to wipe away the happiness deficit that neurotic couples start out with. Um, getting busy made them as satisfied in their marriage, on average, as non-neurotic newlyweds. Okay. <clears throat> I've always told you the most important thing you can do for your health, and if it's too late for you, for your kids, is education. This is a simple look at it. In Wisconsin, long-term study, 10,000 residents who graduated from high school in 1957. The higher your rank in your class, the lower the probability of worsening health as you approach retirement age four decades later. We already know schooling matters for things like work and earnings, but also matters for your health. We've known that before. Uh, what people have not really figured out is how does that relate your standing in your class to income? Because income is important. If you're smarter, you're more likely to have access to more income. The finding stands. This is another one. Same issue, different outcome. The amount of education you have plays a big role when it comes to deciding whether to make a long-term commitment to that special someone or to have a child outside of marriage. Attitudes towards marriage changing. Highly educated Americans are embracing a pro-marriage mindset, even as middle Americans lose faith in the institution. The shift resembles trends normally seen in the poor, where marriage is fragile and weak, according to the report. Moderately educated women or those with a high school diploma and some post-secondary education but no four-year degree are choosing the single life more often these days, especially when it comes to being a mother. Um, subtle shifts. And it would be nice to know what's behind it all, but it's really impossible. Here's a warning for the holidays. <laughs> this is a company that makes joint products warning you that middle and older age, age people suffer a lot of joint discomfort in, during the holidays from injuries from too much video games, too many video games. You see the story. Junior gets a video game for Christmas. And mom and dad or grandpa, grandma, hey, let me try that. They immediately get hooked because it's fun. And there's all these interactive consoles now and fitness games, of course, and everything from wrist pain, back pain, and neck pain, all been reported by more people between the ages of 35 and 55 who says they experience pain after playing video games. Well, the FDA has ruled, actually, the Federal Appeals Court on electronic cigarettes. They should be regulated as a tobacco product rather than a drug delivery device. As a drug delivery device... And you wouldn't see cigarettes on the market because you got to jump through all kinds of hoops. So it means the makers of e-cigarettes don't have to conduct extensive clinical trials to prove their products are effective or safe as a stop-smoking aid. It's a setback for the FDA and some public health organizations which argue that e-cigarettes should be regulated like nicotine replacement gum or patches and 
They've warned e-cigarettes contain dangerous chemicals. I don't know what all the hullabaloo is about because I think e-cigarettes address something that no other nicotine replacement product does. And we've learned this. It is so painfully obvious, you wonder why everybody's getting all flipped out about this. If nicotine replacement would get you to quit smoking, what could be simpler? There's 50 nicotine replacement products out there. Obviously, there's something more to smoking than just the nicotine. Nicotine chewing gum, yes, it boosts quitting rates, but by no means do most people get off cigarettes on it. So how can that be? If you're a heroin addict, I give you heroin, you're happy. All other drug habits, there's something else that has to do with the holding of the cigarette, the puffing, seeing smoke, the hand motions. And e-cigarettes address that. There is no major study that I know of out there that have that has used e-cigarettes in getting people to quit. I'd like to see them do it. And I think it'll be positive. We'll see. We'll see. So I, I, I'm happy we're not making them just jump through ridiculous, you know, ridiculous hoops. All right? I think that's uh, that's important. And here in Massachusetts, they found when they started paying for stop smoking treatment, people not only kicked kick the habit, but they have fewer heart attacks, and they save money. Smoking rates drop, um, heart attack rates drop, and new admissions fell for heart attacks, etc. They save money, but you know what? That's long-term stuff. We don't do that well. In America, our politicians are only thinking out a couple of years at best. This is a long-term deal. Spend a little money now. Make an investment on our future, and you can get a return. Okay? All righty. Let me give you a phone number here. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about something big. Here is the first new diet pill. I think it's going to get FDA approval. First new one on the market. You need to know about this. All right? The good, the bad, the ugly. I'm Dr. Dean Adell. Stay with us. If you're a diabetic 65 plus needing diabetic supplies and durable medical equipment such as heating pads and seat lifts, give Oxford Diabetics a call at 877-391-9131. All costs are billed directly to Medicare. With our Acura Glucometer, you have a choice of sight testing such as your forearm and thighs. Our meters, including voiced, provide quick results with little blood samples. Call Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Oxford Diabetic Supply fills out your insurance paperwork with free shipping. Call 877-391-9131. That's 877-391-9131. An important message from Medicare and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Got two miles to go, John. Why are you smiling? Oh, you'll like this. I just changed my Medicare. Open enrollment? Yep. I compared plans and found coverage that's better for me. Did you see the new benefits we get from the new health care law? What? Like, well, 50% off brand name prescriptions for anyone in the donut hole. Really? Come on, John. you got to keep up. Open enrollment is November 15th to December 31st. Visit Medicare.gov or call 1-800-MEDICARE. Sally Field talks about getting a month of Boniva free. If you have osteoporosis, check out the My Boniva program. It's free to join and shows you lots of ways to help improve your bone strength. Boniva works with your body to help stop and reverse bone loss. And My Boniva gives you calcium-rich recipes, monthly reminders, and even a month of Boniva free. 
Once monthly Boniva is a 150 milligram prescription tablet to treat and prevent postmenopausal osteoporosis. CRAD and Weight Watchers. Don't take Boniva ibandronate sodium if you have problems with your esophagus, low blood calcium, severe kidney disease, or can't sit or stand for at least one hour. Follow dosing instructions carefully. Stop taking Boniva and tell your doctor if you have difficult or painful swallowing, chest pain, or severe or continuing heartburn, as these may be signs of serious upper digestive problems. If jaw problems or severe bone, joint, and or muscle pain develop, tell your doctor. Ask your doctor if Boniva can help you stop losing and start reversing. And check out the My Boniva program. Join today and get a free month of Boniva if eligible at myboniva.com or call 1-888-MY-BONIVA. Get the information you need online. AM1250WSPL.com. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of healthiness. It all begins with a call to Dr. Dean Adele. 800-548-TALK. Oh, you haven't heard nothing yet. That's 800-548-8255. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the program. All right. Doc on call today from Chicago. Uh, Welcome. Dr. Dina Dahl, can you please uh, tell me what your thoughts are on the HIPAA law? Because some of it is awfully ridiculous. Uh, I called the hospital to find out if my uncle was in his room, and they said... Uh, they can't tell me. So uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the HIPAA law, please. Thank you. Uh, yes, you know, the HIPAA law, health, what is it, health insurance privacy, patient, patient privacy act, um, the, the ruminations began in the Clinton era, uh, became enacted, I think, after Clinton left, left office. 
uh, designed to bring you privacy. And this is one of those things where, you know, people, the sky is falling, people freak out, they get upset, and it's a reaction that slowly goes away after a while. But when it's at its peak is when politicians react, and often they overreact. Uh, HIPAA laws, it's necessary, of course, to ensure your privacy, but it could have been done a little more simply, and yet it's complicated. And it drives doctors crazy and patients crazy, and yes, that's right. If you're not somebody's, if it, if you're not like uh, a child and your mom or your dad trying to find out about you, or you're not married to somebody, good luck. It happened to me. I had a kid who was 19, has an emergency, goes through a plate glass window, goes in the hospital. I call, hey, and I'm Dr. Dean Adele. And I'm his father, and I couldn't even find out if he was in the hospital. I couldn't find out anything about him. He had to sign a waiver to allow them to release information to me. Um, if you're not married, you know, the worst thing, oh, listen, we discussed this one day. I don't want to get into the politics of this, but, you know, uh, long-term gay couple, one of them gets very sick, goes in the hospital, and the hospital never allowed the partner to visit his loved one of 25 years. Um, what HIPAA says. If you're not married, boyfriend, girlfriend, good luck. You can't find out anything. So I, I don't really know how you could set up a law that would assure that if you go in the hospital and someone calls and pretends to be your relative and they want pri private information about you, that would protect that without this funny little subcategory. So what happened to you is typical under HIPAA. And otherwise, anybody, you go in a hospital, someone could call up from your workplace and say, oh, I'm Harriet's husband, or I'm, I'm, I'm her sister, or a friend. I want to know how she's doing. Is she still taking those antidepressants? Is she still suffering from that herpes? So you can see the intent of the law, but often there are unintended consequences. And I think that's what we're, uh, uh, we're, dealing, we're dealing with there. All right. Uh, let's talk to uh, Randy, oh, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Okay. Uh, Randy, North Carolina. Hey, how you doing, Doctor Zell? Fine, sir. Uh, I remember listening to you back when I first started driving truck, and I think it was a late Saturday. I was running from North Carolina to California. I'd pick you up on that KFIM six forty. I'd come out of LA, listen to you probably for thirty miles before I'd run out of range, and all the stations would come in. But you know, and then the one time I quit running out there, and I started scanning the channels, and finally I got XM radio, but. Uh, I've been listening to you ever since then. I was wondering when you're ever going to retire, like me. <laughs> I always knew the first time I ever heard you, you was like you was always telling the truth to everybody. Thank you. Yeah, and every time I went to LA, I was always on KFIM six forty to pick you up. But my question was, uh, <clears throat> I was talking to my nephew's wife, and she was talking about C-section the other week. You're talking about it. You see, when the baby comes out, that it gets germs from the skin. She said something about they put something on the belly. That kills the germs? Yep. Yep. That's right. It's a, it, What was she talking about, the germs in the skin now? Yes. Uh, the, the issue has to do with the very, very first germs that contact you when you're born are often the ones that stay with you. You're born pretty sterile. And if you were born and we put you in a bubble and didn't allow any germs to contact you, I don't know if that's compatible with life. You just need germs. 
for a lot of different reasons. They perform very, very important functions. But, of course, hopefully they're good germs. You don't want any bad germs. And we're finding now that there may be ways we can alter this. Because here's what happens. When a baby's born vaginally, the baby picks up the normal germs from the mom right away. Bingo. Done deal. When a baby's born um, by uh, C-section, the baby, if it picks up any germs, is going to pick them up from the skin. But a secondary thing that happens is a baby often, and it depends where you give birth. You know, in the old days, anyway, consistently, babies born, they just take the baby right to the nursery. So what do you think happens? The baby picks up all these hospital germs, these resistant organisms, as opposed to what should happen, even in a cesarean section, is the baby's given to the mother. And the mother holds the baby, uh, nurses the baby a little bit, and hopes the baby picks up some germs. But you're right about around the incision, it's smeared with antiseptics to kill the germs. So you kind of wonder how babies in a C-section are picking up the germs. Uh, but if I would recommend in a C-section even that, and they and most hospitals will do this because moms are anxious, but very often mom is knocked out in the C-section. It just depends how conscious she is. You give the baby to the mother, let the baby clutch the baby to her chest and get some skin-to-skin contact. Um, and I'm sure that's exactly what the baby wants. Every cell in that baby's body is crying for mom's skin or warmth and her touch, and in this particular case, uh, her germs. So uh, that's how that should happen. And then we have concerns about other infections that babies get and pick up. And, you know, the, the issue even touches... Um, Circumcision, by the way, when babies are sent to the newborn nursery and they're intact, uh, they may pick up hospital germs, which may account for occasional infection that a baby gets who has been left uh, intact. All right, let's talk to PJ in Washington. How you doing? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Um, my husband has multiple sclerosis. He's had it diagnosed for about two years. He saw his neurologist last week, and the neurologist asked him or t- suggested he take vitamin D. He said it can be as effective as the Avonex in stopping new, um, um, I'm trying to think, the lesions in the brain. What's mm. that? Yeah, well, I wish that were true. We we're hopeful. You know, vitamin D just got slammed pretty good. Institute of Medicine said you don't need to take it. You know, that the this is the whole thing is just a whole scam like the vitamin C thing was and that Laboratories are reporting levels as abnormal that 85% of us have, and we've been hopeful about vitamin D, but the research has not been very hopeful. One of the things that we've thought about, as you know, with MS is that it's more common in the north and not in the south. And when people move to the north before their teenage years, they get lower rates. And if the person is born in the north and they move south, uh, excuse me, they get higher rates. And they move south, they get lower rates. And there's a suspicion there's a hope, actually, that a vitamin D has something to do with it. It's really a an educated guess. I know of no studies which have found directly that if you take vitamin E, you uh, don't get new lesions in the brain. And, of course, you'd have to do that study for years and years and years because, as you know, multiple sclerosis, it comes and it goes and it comes. You get an attack and you get better for six months or a year, sometimes less. There's a few different forms of it. And anything that you do when you're getting better, you ascribe a cure to. And this is how we got into trouble with the hyperbaric oxygen chambers. And people went in the chambers and said, oh, my multiple sclerosis got better. Well, you know, when you're in medical school, you learn the natural history of disease. It gets better. Like a cold gets better in seven days if you do nothing. It gets better in a week if you take vitamin C. Same deal. Uh, So in this particular case, I can't think of a reason unless they're very, very huge doses to not do it. 
because it would be a shame if in a year we find out it is helpful and really does lower the rate of lesion formation. Um, and then, you know, we, he hasn't had the benefit of it. The dangers of vitamin D aren't, aren't that bad if the dosage are reasonable. So I, I would take it, even though right now I don't think we have proof that it helps. All right, I want to talk to you about there's going to be a new diet pill coming on the market, prescription drug. we got to talk all about it. It's the first one I can remember in recent history. 1-800-548-TALK. I'm Dr. Dina Dell. Stocks are up a bit. This is the Dow Jones Money Report. I'm Melissa Axelberth. The Dow Jones Industrials are up 24 points right now to 11,383. The Nasdaq has gained 12 points and the S&P 500 is up 4 points. The Wall Street Journal says the White House is talking with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac about joining other government programs aimed at reducing loan balances of mortgages where borrowers owe more than their homes are worth. An agreement to write down underwater loans could reduce the impact of more defaults on the housing market, but a deal would deepen losses at the government-sponsored home loan giants. The jury may still be out for electric cars and trucks for many of us, but battery-powered vehicles are gaining early traction among certain commercial delivery fleets, which drive short, defined routes every day. Google's targeting laptops, demonstrating the first laptops running on the company's coming Chrome operating system. The devices made by Acer and Samsung will go on sale next year. I'm Melissa Axelberth with the Dow Jones Money Report. Why do we rely on just investing when there's another way? A way to measure success over a lifetime, not just a single day. Where you don't chase what's hot, you do what's right. And where there's one rule, the golden rule. We call it vanguarding. Vanguarding is a behavior, a philosophy, a call to action. So ask yourself, are you just investing or are you vanguarding? Learn more at Vanguard.com or call us at 888-VANGUARD. All investments are subject to risk. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack knocked over a candlestick onto the shag carpeting, and his pants ignited into flames, causing him to stop, drop, and roll. Luckily, Jack recently had Geico help him with renter's insurance, because all his belongings went up in flames. Jack got full replacement and now has new pants he ordered from Banana Republic. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. This Friday night, it's Midnight Madness at Varsity Sports. All Streeter and Woodland hooded sweatshirts will be 20% off. Also on special at Varsity Sports, Under Armour Cold Gear Mock shirts at 5 bucks off. And don't forget, Letterman jackets for Streeter, Woodland, Ottawa, Marquette, and Dwight, also 20% off. So come get the deals at Varsity Sports during Midnight Madness this Friday night from 8 till midnight on Main Street in downtown Streeter. Open Sundays noon till 4 with free gift wrapping. This Saturday, Brothers Country Supply wants to welcome you to the world of Imes and Yukonuba. This is a perfect time to come in and save money on Imes and Yukonuba with their prebiotics for proper gut health. Plus, Yukonuba's breed specifics are back. Yes, that's right, they're back. The Rottweiler, the Lav, the German Shepherd, the well-awaited products are back on the shelf and in stock. So save up to $10 on select Yukonuba products. Select Imes 44-pound bags, only $32.99, plus free product with purchases. 13 
two-ounce Iams dog food, only 99 cents a can. Brothers Country Supply also has been awarded the Platinum Paw Award. This means we are one of only about 200 stores across the country who offer a buy five, get one free on all dog and cat food. Buy five, get one free on Iams New Canuba? You can't get that anywhere else. Iams New Canuba Foods. So, if you want a food for your cat or dog that promotes the seven signs of vitality, stop into Brothers Country Supply for some amazing savings on Iams New Canuba products. That's Brothers Country Supply across from Walmart in Ottawa. It's no secret, you have many places to choose to go through for your mortgage. But who is your mortgage with after the papers are signed? This is Ed Molo, and at Streeter Home Building and Loan Association, your mortgage starts with us and stays with us for the life of your mortgage. We have competitive rates, low closing costs, and take the time to answer all your questions. We're Streeter Home Building and Loan Association on South Monroe Street in Streeter, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The odds of this fastballing philanthropist winning the World Series three times, one in three million. The odds of this man having a child diagnosed with autism, one in 110. Hi, I'm Kurt Schilling. Learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This message provided by the Radio Group. Taking a look at your weather forecast on AM 1250 WSPL, 16 degrees under sunny skies. We've got winds out of the west at 8 miles per hour, leaving us with a wind chill of 5 degrees. We'll see those winds diminishing this evening, partly cloudy overnight, a low of 10 degrees. Then cloudy through the day tomorrow, but warmer. We should see that high temperature reaching 32 degrees. To check of weather on WSPL, listen online at am1250wspl.com. Your world and national news from the Associated Press and the WSPL News Team. Hi everybody, Dr. Unidell here. Alright, let's talk about losing weight. The first new weight loss pill, to my memory, in decades. Move closer to approval by the FDA. Panel of experts backed Orexigen. It's called, excuse me, Orexigen Therapeutics is a, is a company. It's called Contrave. Kind of interesting, isn't it? The way they come up with these names, Contrave. I thought Orexigen would have been a great one because Orexigen, like anorexic, you know, it has a, an association. Uh, in spite of heart risk concerns, the reasoning here you're going to love. First of all, a little background. This is a third new weight loss drug to come before the FDA this year. Actually, this little panel that meets first to recommend to the FDA. It's not binding, but that it goes into the hopper. The FDA has uh, rejected the last two. Now, here comes <laughs> devils in the details. The advisors were not overly impressed with the modest weight loss seen in patients taking Contrave. But some said, this knocked me over, rejection could quash development of such drugs at a time when two out of three Americans are fat. Quote, my concern is we will potentially kill development of these medications, and it is the most serious disease the United States is facing. They voted 13 to 7 to back approval. Uh, they want some bigger studies when if they do approve it. And 
35% of patients studied lost at least 5% of their weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you lose 10 pounds, 35% of them. Not huge, but the idea that if they keep not approving these things, that the pharmaceutical industry will back down from developing these drugs. That is powerful at so many levels. You know, it's one of the things where I get, you know, this idea a few years ago, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon, you know, the devil incarnate were pharmaceutical companies. And everybody complained how much drugs cost and this and that. And, you know, you got to be very careful. You nip their profits, their profit centers too heavily. You won't get the new drugs because they have to have incentive. It costs hundreds of millions of dollars to bring a new drug to the marketplace. Now, I'm not justifying the price of anything. I'm just not sophisticated enough to understand how they price new drugs and why you can buy them cheaper in other countries and all that stuff. But you can see here uh, that even the regulators understand you keep not approving their drugs. They're going to go, ah, let's develop some more sex drugs. There's money in that because the feds are so uptight about, you know, diet pills. They're not approving anything. Um, I want to also catch you up on... um, some websites, some of our favorite websites here, a lot of you have asked us, where do I go, where do I find information, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that um, just a few that are really, that stand out and they're spectacular for getting to the nitty-gritty. Um, any of the stupid emails you get, you must know about Snopes at this particular point. I got a friend who sends me emails all the time. I, three out of four, I send them back the link to the Snopes article on it saying that it's just false internet rumor, urban rumor, what have you, and yet people continue to forward this junk. Um, my, I suppose, overall favorite for just telling it like it is is Quackwatch. Dr. Barrett is an amazing guy. He is fearless. He names and names. He goes for the throat and gets himself in trouble in that when you call someone a quack, uh, depending on the circumstance, they want to sue you. And they have tried to stop him, and he has massive legal bills. And if you go to Quack Watch, help him out. You'll see at the end, you know, a plea uh, for help. If you believe in truth, he refuses to take advertising. He is just a one-man phenomenon. And so Quack Watch is where you can go, and you can search, and you will find <laughs> you'll find interesting stuff. It'll upset a lot of you because things you believe in. You know, uh, he will, uh, he'll challenge sciencebasedmedicine.org. Uh, great, great detailed articles written by professionals uh, trying to challenge the nonsense that's out there. So keeping on top of the ongoing issues, their blogs are just fantastic. you got randy.org, R-E-N-D-I, the amazing Randy. Uh, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, I've done some interviews with them. TheSkepticsGuide.org, um, and I'll uh, fill in more for you. Um, oh, I wanted to continue our dialogue over vaccines. I'll, I'll do that a little bit later. All right, let's talk to uh, Walter in Chicago. Hello, Dr. Dean. Sorry to hear about your retirement. I know all good things must come to an end. Um, I was recently on a trip and out in your neck of the woods, and I've come down from Leggett, and took a little mountain road to Route 1. And with the twists and turns and ups and downs, I was practically nauseated by the time we got off and wanted to stop at the first place in Fort Bragg. I wonder what causes that uh, nausea and that thing. Is it just a change in direction? I was driving the car. I was in the seat belts and everything. 
And, yeah. um, you know, it was just extremely uncomfortable. Thanks so much and take care. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Why wow, you went right, almost right across my front lawn. <laughs> I know that road well. And it's funny because when, um, when uh, we drive over to the coast and my wife drives, I get motion sickness. I never did. She's complained for years and years. Hey, I like to drive in a zippy fashion. I'm a little more conservative now, but she's always complaining when she's a passenger that I make her sick in the car. And now we switch, and I let her drive, and I get sick. It is actually more complex than you think. NASA, for instance, is having a terrible time with this. Astronauts still getting motion sickness, half of them, sometimes more than half of them. And if you've never been motion sickness, think seasickness. You know, you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. So what we think is going on is that there's a disconnect between what your eyes see and how your body is feeling. One of the observations that I've made is at night, on the same road, I don't get car sick. Because I think what happens at night is my eyes are not picking up. You know, a lot of stuff is going on around me. You're just seeing the headlights in front of you. But when your eyes disconnect with how your body is moving, that's a setup. That's why you shouldn't read. So when you're reading, you're moving, moving, moving. They tell you on a ship. Focus on the horizon. Um, so you isolate your eyes from your body. Your eyes see the stillness of the horizon, and yet your body is feeling the up and down uh, motion. So what's the solution? Why is it when you drive, you don't get car sick? But when you're a passenger, you do. I've never heard that satisfactorily explained other than you, when you're driving, you anticipate the moves. And your brain is clever enough to know that and prepares your inner ear for the motion. <laughs> this will sound uh, uh, really stupid, but uh, one of the things I've told... <laughs> you ever seen, uh, those of you who have kids, you know about these things you can buy for their car seats when they're toddlers. It has a little steering wheel to it, so little Junior can pretend like he's driving the car with mom and dad and move the wheel around so... I decided one day, my wife is driving, and I can feel it coming on. I kind of put my hands up and looked at the road and pretended like like I was driving, like a toddler. And so when she came up on a right-hand turn, I moved my hands appropriately just to see if I could fool my brain into thinking I was truly driving the car. I didn't do it long enough because people going the other way says, gee, look at that big toddler in a car pretending like he's driving. So I looked a little stupid. So that's the reason that that's happening. It is entirely normal, and you just need to slow down, stop, take a break. That road is absolutely gorgeous, as you know, one of the beautiful places in America along that coastline. And, uh, you know, you take a stop, go more slowly, drive the car yourself. Uh, some people still get sick even if they drive, um, but that's what's going on. I, I wonder whether, you know, a little... Um, a ginger, like ginger does work for motion sickness. I mean, there's an herb that seems to be helpful. Uh, or other anti-motion sickness uh, approaches could possibly uh, possibly help with that. I don't know. Okay. I'm Dr. Dean Adele. Let me give you a phone number here. 1-800-548-TALK. Again, 1-800-548-TALK. Coming right back.
I started having symptoms of menopause when I was 47 years old. The hot flashes and night sweats were almost unbearable. I gained 50 pounds, was irritable, emotional, just not myself. As a registered nurse, I was concerned about taking pharmaceutical hormone replacement therapies because there is a history of breast cancer in my family, plus all of the unknowns when you take drugs. So I tried Amberin. Within just a few weeks, the hot flashes stopped. Yes, they stopped. I have been working with Amberin for almost a year now. I've dropped so much weight, I'm no longer irritable. I sleep great, and I have a ton of energy. One of the most important aspects of this treatment is that there are no side effects. I highly recommend Amberin. Signed, Carol Nicholson, RN, and very satisfied Amberin customer. For your risk-free supply of Amberin, visit tryamberin.com or call 1-800-742-0427. A limited number of risk-free trials are available. Call 1-800-742-0427. 0427. That's 1 800 742 0427. Sally Field talks about getting a month of Boniva free. If you have osteoporosis, check out the My Boniva program. It's free to join and shows you lots of ways to help improve your bone strength. Boniva works with your body to help stop and reverse bone loss. And My Boniva gives you calcium rich recipes, monthly reminders, and even a month of Boniva free. Once monthly Boniva is a 150 milligram prescription tablet to treat and prevent postmenopausal osteoporosis. See our ad in Weight Watchers. Don't take Boniva ibandronate sodium if you have problems with your esophagus, low blood calcium, severe kidney disease, or can't sit or stand for at least one hour. Follow dosing instructions carefully. Stop taking Boniva and tell your doctor if you have difficult or painful swallowing, chest pain, or severe or continuing heartburn, as these may be signs of serious upper digestive problems. If jaw problems or severe bone, joint, and or muscle pain develop, tell your doctor. Ask your doctor if Boniva can help you. You stop losing and start reversing. And check out the My Boniva program. Join today and get a free month of Boniva if eligible at myboniva.com or call 1-888-MY-BONIVA.
If it happens in Streeter, we'll tell you about it. WSPL. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the program. You know, I promise I want to discontinue a couple more sentences from this um, this series. Uh, Seattle Mama Doc dot Seattle Children's dot uh, org about vaccines. They they sent this question out to a bunch of pediatricians. What do you do? You're in the line for coffee, or you're at the water cooler, and someone walks up and says, "You know, what do you think about vaccines? How to answer that? To start to pool resources to figure what is the best way to knock nonsense out of people's heads." And some of the stuff was very clever. Um, the uh, I don't want to repeat it all. We've done some of it. It's I'll just I'll, I'll move on. I'll move on here. So these are the comments of pediatricians and how they go about it, uh, answering these questions. Um, here's somebody. I'm a pediatric intensive care unit doc now. I trained as an infectious disease specialist 30 years ago. I saw children with hemophilus, influenza, meningitis every month. At least some of them died. Others were made deaf. Last year, I cared for a kid whose parents proudly did not vaccinate him with H. flu epiglottitis. The child nearly died. My emotional response is an inner scream. Then I take the approach of uh, referring to another doctor here, pointing out the vaccine injury is less likely to be hit by lightning. I think the fundamental problem is that few parents understand the notion of relative risk. And that's critical. They worry excessively over a vanishingly rare event, such as a child abduction. You know, what was that? I forgot the numbers here. You have to put your kid on a street corner standing there for 700,000 days before one abduction is going to happen. You worry about that. Um, And you worry about a vaccine injury, which is equally as rare. And you think nothing to drive in rush hour traffic or sending a kid off without a bike helmet. Statistically, it makes more sense for a kid to wear a helmet while riding in a car since head injuries and auto accidents are more common, certainly, than serious bike injuries. Um, and the idea of making money off of vaccines. Listen to this logic. I love this one, too. I've heard that. I've had people get in my face and say, oh, you guys, you make a lot of money off of vaccines. If that were true, we would oppose vaccination. I care for several children each year in the pediatric ICU with whooping cough. If I were out to make money, I'd want more of those patients. They're very expensive. I make a lot of money from those patients. So why in the heck would I promote vaccines to deprive myself of making a living from them? Right? Logical. Logical. Um, Let's talk to uh, Michael. How you doing, Michael? Oh, that's right. (laughs) Hang on. Hang on, Michael, Heather, ladies first. That's right. <laughs> Outpatient inbox time. Yes, I'm sorry, Heather. Go right ahead. Now here. I'm picturing you there with your fake steering wheel because I'm driving the bus now, Adele. And <laughs> Kyla and I have conspired to replay the uh, blooper reel because a lot of folks didn't catch it last week. Okay, listen, how about um, you? How can we do this Japanese sex thing? And uh... hi, it's Dr. Dina Dell. Can stress affect fertility? This is a a telephone ringing. It's the kind of thing that adds stress to one's life. You say vagina, I say vagina. Hi, it's the. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> okay, here we go. Five seconds. Four. Uh... Okay, now the um, uh, low-carb thing. Um, are you sending me emails? 
I'm going to kill you. Ah, turn yours off. <laughs> Inspired by lucky underwear, lower stress or reduce physiology. Ugh, I hate it. Do it all over again. Many popular dietary supplements containing... All right, here we go. Take two in 10 seconds again. That's 100% perfect. A copper intrauterine device... Here we go. We can do Brazilian, right? I need to say something like, and if you don't know what a Brazilian is, just listen and nod your head. Yeah, that's good. Raising kids, please. Forget this one. I'm Dr. Dina Dell. I did say please. I was waiting to see who got that first. Kyle gets a... <laughs> okay, I was just about to pay you a compliment. I've taken it back. Okay. Hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome the Dr. Dean Show. That's when we're trying to record those medical minutes. <laughs> yes. I mean, and here's sounds your... Like, out- sounds like we're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Oh, are you kidding? And the stuff between the commercials. Okay, so outpatient inbox. I think you'll like this. It's pretty clever. Uh, with regard to the giraffe's neck thing and how it doesn't make sense if everything was created by intelligent design, I have my own twist on something similar. I've read that human sperm thrives at a few degrees below body temperature, and that's the reason for the scrotum relaxing and contracting depending on the surrounding temperature. How intelligent is that? If I was God, I would have made the sperm thrive at body temperature, containing it in a stable pouch, and there'd be no need for all the mechanical action to keep it at the correct temperature. Your thoughts? Well, of course I agree. There is trial and error written all over biology. And as you said, if someone were, I mean, the original example of maybe folks don't know is a giraffe's neck. There's a nerve that has to hook around the thingy to get up to the voice box. In our necks, it's fine. But in the giraffe necks, it goes all the way up from the brain, all the way down to the chest, hooks around that thingy and goes all the way back up. Dumb design. And I guess the question, I suppose there is answers because this is so obvious, is, you know, if you consider that 98, 99% of all species that ever crawled, flew, or swam on the face of the earth, they're gone. Called extinction. That doesn't seem very intelligent. You wouldn't design an automobile that's going to be out of production in a year. So a lot of logical arguments against that. Not that the, quote, design of our bodies and biology in the universe isn't absolutely astounding and brilliant, but there you go. All right, now, Michael, you're on the air. Uh, Dr. Nindel, I'm going to miss you. I have a question. When I sleep, let's say, on the left side, there's no urge to go uh, for number one. Mm -hmm. Then I turn around on my right side, and all of a sudden, oh, i got to go to the, you know. And uh, it it continues the whole night. Is there a bladder kind of fills the movement of... uh, Well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is something like, you know, pregnant women will tell you certain positions are more or less comfortable... I can't give you an exact answer, but sometimes if your colon is full, you know, and how it goes and loops up and around, uh, it might put a little extra weight. There may be something a little different about how you lie on that one side or not. I mean, I'd have to watch you sleep. When I sleep on my right side, my left side, it's actually asymmetrical. I put an arm out and do a couple of things. Uh, that are fairly uh, that are fairly different. Different, but I would mention it to your doctor. I'd be lying to if I didn't say there have been times when people have picked up pathology and tumors and growths and stuff like that um, based upon an observation uh, that you just described. Because, for instance, the main aorta of the body doesn't go right down the middle; it goes from one side to the other, uh, and it accounts for certain kinds of changes. So we are not exactly symmetrical. Could be completely and totally benign, but you never know. It could also uh, 
it could also be something. Um, and I want to remind myself of something. Oh, yes, uh, we're talking about <laughs> those bloopers, uh, which are mostly from the times when we record these medical minutes and our mistakes and the kibitzing that goes back and forth. Uh, I do want to say officially we're going to continue those for a little bit here, so we're not going completely, totally bye-bye on every station. Uh, so you can keep an eye out, an eye out, uh, eye out for that. And yet I have to reflect upon the fun. When I listened to that, I just laughed out loud. We, uh, Heather and Kyle played those once more, for, uh, once before for me. And, uh, you know, it was such a shock to think, oh my gosh, what are they revealing about me? I listened to it now a second time. I can relax and they are really, really funny and remind me of some great times. All righty. That is the program. Please join us in the next one, won't you? Until then, as always. Be well. The holidays are filled with great music, and next week, Streeter Home Building and Loan Association will proudly present Home for the Holidays Concert Series, a week-long holiday presentation of Streeter Area Choirs. Beginning Monday at 1 p.m., hear the Holiday Carolers, an adult choir directed by Nancy Mueller. Then on Tuesday, it's Oakland Park Grade School at 1, followed by Centennial Grade School at 1.30. Stop by Streeter Home Building and Loan Association's lobby or listen live on WSPL. Streeter Home Building and Loan Association's Home for the Holidays Concert Series on South Monroe Street, Streeter. I am a face of influenza. I am a face of influenza. I am a face of influenza. I. I. I am a face of influenza. We all are faces of influenza. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen, and I am a face of influenza. Health officials now recommend everyone everyone six months of age and older get immunized against influenza this and and every year. Vaccination is safe and is the best way to help protect yourself and your family from contracting and spreading the flu. We all are faces of influenza. See your health care provider about getting immunized. The American Lung Association urges everyone six months of age and older, and we we mean everyone, everyone, to get vaccinated. Visit facesofinfluenza.org. This is a public service announcement brought to you by AM 1250 WSPL. Let your future soar and sign up for classes at Illinois Valley Community College. Registration for spring classes is now underway. Register online or in person, by phone, fax, or mail, whatever is easiest for you. Visit ivcc.edu or call 224-0447 for more information. Spring registration is now underway at Illinois Valley Community College. AM 1250 WSPL Streeter. A radio group radio station. At the tone, it's 4 o'clock.